You're listening to Bethany Radio. More content is available on iTunes or online at BethanyBibleLeroy.com. As we continue our study in Joshua and looking at the Word of God, the Word before us, to study it, seek to understand, Lord, what's, what are you saying here? What are you saying to our lives here in the 21st century? And uh, to look at that. So I invite you to turn the book of Joshua again, chapter 22. It's a longer chapter, 34 verses. We're only looking verses 1 through 9 today. So we're going we're gonna to be in this chapter for a little bit, probably finish next week, although I never can, can guarantee that. But as you make your way to Joshua 22, I did get a picture in there. Where's Tristan this morning? Tristan, hey, thank you for turning this in. Tristan told me last week these were 13 Remember last week we were studying about the Levites and all the cities that they gave to, or the cities that the people of Israel gave to the Levites, those Levitical cities, and he said, here's 13 of them, I believe it was. So, so all these cities, and he caught the message, they were given out to the people of Levite, the Israels gave, gave them out, and then we finished with God gave all the land, as, just as he had promised, just as the word that he had spoken, it came to pass as he said. And so now we, we continue this week in chapter 22, and we're kind of on that post, post-division, and now more action takes place here today. So let's read God's Word, Joshua 22. If you're there, follow along. Read with me. We're going to read verses 1 through 9. At that time, Joshua summoned the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, said to them, You have kept all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, and have obeyed my voice in all that I have commanded you. You have not forsaken your brothers these many days, down to this day, but have been careful to keep the charge of the Lord your God. And now the Lord your God has given rest to your brothers, as he promised them. Therefore, turn and go to your tents in the land where your possession lies, which... Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you on the other side of the Jordan. Only be very careful to observe the commandment and the law that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you to love the Lord your God and to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and to cling to him and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. So Joshua blessed them and sent them away and they went to their tents. Now to the one half of the tribe of Manasseh, Moses had given a possession in Bashan, but to the other half, Joshua had given a possession beside their brothers in the land west of the Jordan. And when Joshua sent them away to their homes and blessed them, he said to them, Go back to your tents with much wealth and with very much livestock, with silver, gold, bronze, and iron, with with much clothing. Divide the spoil of your enemies with your brothers. So the people of Reuben... And the people of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh returned home, parting from the people of Israel at Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan, to go to the land of Gilead, their own land of which they had possessed themselves by command of the Lord through Moses. And we pray for us again. Lord, you are worthy of all honor and praise. Lord, uh, We do not pronounce judgment. We don't judge you worthy. You are worthy. And you graciously let us know of your worthiness and of your greatness. 
through your word. It says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim your handiwork. Day after day pours forth speech, Lord. You're everywhere. And Lord, you've written a word to us, this word before us. And so we would ask again, Father, by your spirit, guide the the conveyance of your word through this fleshly mouth. Lord, that your people would be blessed. Your people would be brought close to you. People would see your greatness and, and our desire to follow your ways no matter where we're at. Lord, to abandon all, to follow, surrender all, Lord, to you. So we just pray that you'd guide us in the reading, study of your word today by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. At its core, this passage that we just read, it's a relatively simple simple passage to understand, relatively. Uh, the eastern tribes here, tribes from the east of the Jordan, they're praised, one, they're praised for keeping all the commandments. What Moses commanded, they kept, they, they fought with the other tribes across the Jordan, and now they're told to, to go home. So we understand that they kept the commands, they're told to go home, and when you go home, continue. Continue to be faithful, continue to keep the commands, continue to cling and love the Lord your God. Again, these, these aren't hard words to understand. You don't have to know Hebrew to kind of get the gist of what's going on in this passage. But there is a perpetual, persistent gap between knowing what to do and then doing it. Knowing here, yeah, we've kept, we're supposed to keep, and then actually doing it. You remember the helpful words of Jesus on the night he was betrayed when he spoke to his disciples in the garden? In Mark 14, Jesus is praying while his disciples fall asleep. Verse 37 says, He came, Jesus was off praying, he comes back to his disciples, he came and found them sleeping, and he said to to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. You'd think maybe hearing that, things changed. Well, he went away, came back again, and they were sleeping once again. So as we head back into Joshua here, we're going to examine this call on our lives, this call easy to say, easy to know, easy to understand, perhaps, love the Lord your God, observe the commandments, And yet a call to celebrate past faithfulness, to look at present faithfulness, ultimately depending on Jesus Christ, where our spirit is willing but our flesh is weak. And to have a faith that permeates our lives. Whether we're here singing on a Sunday morning, we say, is he worthy? He is, he is. We sing it and we walk out the doors, however many feet it is to the doors, to our car, we close the door and our mouths and our actions and our lives don't really look like he's worthy. So we're connecting the two. We've praised the Lord. How do we go home with this as well? I think we find here parallels in God's word. So back into God's word, look at verse 1 as we just take apart this passage a little bit. Verse 1, I won't read it again, but just a summary. The land here where we're at, thanks to Tristan, we're, we're caught up. This land has been divided. Those tribes, the seven tribes, uh, well, there was the tribes of uh, first the, the three across the Jordan, the two and a half. You've got Judah. 
and then um, the others, tribes of Joseph, and then the seven tribes. You've got the Levites. All this division, all these things happening. It's all been divided, and we get now to this summoning, the summoning of these two and a half tribes to go back. They've been here with the people of Israel fighting on the western side of the Jordan. They're looking to head back to the east now. So Joshua calls them. They're, they're in Shiloh here. You might think of it as kind of the, the Washington, D.C. of Israel, the headquarters, where everybody is gathered. And so they, they come to Joshua, these tribes, two and a half tribes, to hear from him. Verse 2 is the report card, and it's good. Verse 2, Joshua says to them, You have kept all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, and have obeyed my voice in all that I have commanded you. The report card here, yes, you have done it. You have kept what Moses commanded. The, the Hebrew word here for kept, it's shamar. It's got the idea, keeping or watching. Maybe your translation says, or you've guarded, um, you've preserved. Th- these original commands of Moses come, Numbers chapter 32, Deuteronomy chapter Three, these commands of these people. You want this land? They wanted this land uh, east of the Jordan. Here's the command. You, before you take that land, leave your wives and children there, but go in, go before the people um, of Israel, fight for them, and when it's all over, you can head back home. That's kind of where we're at. But they also, so they listen to Moses. They also listen to Joshua. You see there, um, you have obeyed my voice. The word there, obey, is kind of the word, you, you hear the, the, the Jewish phrase, shama, the shama, maybe you've heard in, in um, Jewish terms, listen, hear. That's the idea, listen, hear. But it's that idea, I think we've talked about it before, of hearing with obedience. Not just, mm-hmm, yeah, I'm hearing you. Going through the motions, it's, I hear you and therefore my actions show I've heard you. I hear and I do and I obey. That's the idea and that's what they've done. They've they've obeyed Moses. A little closer, they've obeyed the voice of Joshua. Turn with me to Joshua chapter 1, where this was, where Joshua spoke to them. Joshua chapter 1, verse 12. Just to recap, we're kind of on that bookend of these tribes here. And we looked at this however many months ago that was, these tribes and Joshua's word to them. This was his word before they had even crossed over the Jordan to these two and a half tribes. So verse 12, Joshua 1, to the Reubenites, the Gadites, uh, the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. So there he's going back to what Moses said, saying, The Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. That's the land they're currently, the land east of the Jordan. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land that Moses gave you beyond the Jordan. But... All the men of valor among you shall pass over armed before your brothers and shall help them until the Lord gives rest to your brothers as he has to you, and they also take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and shall possess it, the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. And here's their answer. Here's the verbal part of it. They answered Joshua, all that you have commanded us, we're going to do. And wherever you send us, we're, we'll go. 
Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we'll obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. They're not only going to go into a land that ultimately these tribes will not possess this place. They're going to a place they won't ultimately possess. They're going there and they're going in front of their brothers. They're not kind of taking up the last of the line. Well, we're here. We'll, we'll I, I don't, stab a little, I don't, you know, do whatever as we go in. They're at the front lines in a place where they're not going to live by command of the Lord to them. And the question for them, for us, even as we think about our lives, by their speech, they indicate obedience. Will they live it out? So we don't know that right at the beginning of Joshua. We're, we're seeing it now where we're at in, in chapter 22. But will they live it out? Are, are they just talking big? Or are they going to do the work of obeying what God has said? Are they going to enter the land, do what God has asked them to do? Look back at Joshua 22 then, verse 3. So they have, they have kept, they have obeyed. And then verse 3, Joshua says, You have not forsaken your brothers these many days, down to this day, but have been careful to keep the charge of the Lord your God. Even down to this very day, these eastern tribes, they've kept it. They've kept guard. That, that word, there's a couple times it comes up. So it's, it's emphasized here. They've kept, they've guarded, same idea. They've kept the charge of the Lord. They followed through on what they said they'd do. They didn't do the bare minimums just to get by. They followed all the way and they didn't forsake their brothers. And so verse 4 begins this way. I won't read the whole verse, but there's a sentence that begins verse 4. And now, Joshua says to them, And now the Lord your God has given rest to your brothers as he promised them. Remember the stipulation? These eastern tribes, they would march, they would serve, they would not forsake their brothers until the land had rest. And Joshua gives these words, and I wonder if they were just waiting, just say we're at rest, say we're at rest. The land is at rest. Yeah, you know, we're going home. That, that we finished our duty. That was the wording. The Lord has given rest to your brothers. Just a note here, an important note. In case we forgot just who gave this rest, it's the Lord, their God. It wasn't their might. It wasn't their swords. God used them. They were instruments. They would travel. They were strategic. They would do ambushes. They would do all of what God said. But just in case we forgot, God says, I did this. The Lord has given rest. It comes from the Lord. The Lord gives true rest. We should celebrate faithfulness. I think we want to hear, as believers in the Lord, we want to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We, we want to hear those words. I, I'm less inclined to say we want to shoot for those words and, and miss shooting for the Lord. So I want to be said at my funeral, he sought the Lord, not he was such a good servant, he looked to the Lord. But we want to hear, those words are in there, that you've done well, you've been faithful to the end. And may that be said of us, that we would wholeheartedly follow the Lord. And I think maybe we can all look back on past things, past 
church events or retreats or times of really strength in the Lord, and we go, yeah, it was, yeah, that was a neat time. I can remember that. But again, none of that transfers to today. That's, that's past faithfulness. And so there's a transfer here in the account to say, yes, you have been faithful. Celebrate that. Remember those days. But now, what about today? You're going home today. What do you do now? And that's, now look at the rest of verse 4, and I'll read into 5 here. Therefore, Joshua says to them, halfway through verse 4, Therefore, turn and go to your tents in the land where your possession lies, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you on the other side of the Jordan, Only be very careful to observe the commandment and the law that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and to cling to him and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. The time has come. The work is finished. It's complete. Now it's time to head home. Your God-given place is not to spend All this time, still fighting, still in this land. Your mission, in a sense, your mission is over. It's time to go home. And when you go there, serve the Lord there. Be careful, verse 5 says, careful to observe. Be very careful to observe the commandment which Moses gave. So just as you followed Moses on your mission, or just as you went to that retreat, or you had that that moment in your life, you can look back and go, yeah, I was faithful. So now, presently, looking toward the future, be faithful. There's quite an quite a, um, explanation here. All these, I think they just kind of pile on one another to say, let this be all of who you are. These, all these phrases here. Uh, like, love the Lord. Walk in His ways. Keep. There's our word again. Keep. Guard. Protect. Keep His commandments. Cling to Him. Serve Him with all your heart and all your soul. Do you hear? In other words, don't let up in following God when you go home. Pursue Him there as you pursued Him here. And so we're, we're back to both the challenge to really be all in for the Lord. And our call really is no different than these eastern tribes to, to go home, maybe literally from here. We're going to go home, Lord willing. But go from this place, from worship, to obey God, to love God, to cling to Him. Back in our text in verse 6, then it's kind of just the summary. So Joshua, he blesses the people. He sends them away. There's this blessing. You've done it. You've done well. You said you would follow. You followed through. Now go home and do this. And he, he blesses them. Then comes verses 7 through 9. There, I don't know if it's a great word. For, almost like the bonus material. The, the, the Verses 1 through 6, Joshua speaks to them, sends them away. We're, we're kind of with it here. But then there's this additional information in verses 7 through uh, 9. Let me, let me read the verses here to refresh us again. Now to the one half of the tribe of Manasseh, Moses had given a possession in Bashan. That's the eastern side. But to the other half, Joshua had given a possession beside their brothers in the land west of the Jordan. And when Joshua sent them away to their homes and blessed them, he said to them, Go back to your tents with much wealth and with very much livestock, with silver, gold, bronze, iron, with much clothing, 
Divide the spoil of your enemies with your brothers. So the people of Reuben, the people of Gad, the half-tribe of Manasseh, return home, parting from the people of Israel, Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan, to go to the land of Gilead. So think in east, their own land of which they had possessed themselves by command of the Lord through Moses. I'm just going to admit here, I struggle. Okay, how do these verses fit with what we've just read? I mean, they fit, it's God's word, but how do they tie in an idea of, how does this tie in, even the going back with wealth and connections there? We are moving towards, and, and again, that's also, how does this tie in? We're moving towards, and I think we can see that better, towards verse 10 and the following in the chapter. If you know this story, you know they're about to construct big altar on the, the western side of the Jordan. That's going to cause some conflict in the land. I would encourage you, read ahead, finish this out, hear this story and how it's dealt with in preparation for next weekend that we'll get to that. But here we just have a, a few details and the challenge, how do we fit them in? What's the writer, presumably Joshua, what's he, what's he adding by these verses here? Even verse 7, how does the mention, we've got a mention, it just feels a bit thrown in, the half-tribe of Manasseh, their half is on the eastern side, half is on the west side. How does this fit in? I hold it loosely, and there's, I think there's different ideas here. I tend to lean towards the idea here that this shows, kind of this section even, is showing a connectedness, a, a unity amongst the brothers of Israel. Now, it might also show a disconnectedness. You know, there, there's a river kind of parting the way, and there, it's almost like, right, Wisconsin and Minnesota, this dividing line of a, of a river, you know, and you've got to cross the river. And so it makes kind of this natural division. So there's some, see, okay, there's division. But I think there's also this call as they go home and this idea that there's a unity to this nation. They're not them and the rest. It's Israel all together. Here's a couple of things as we read through there, a couple of things that would make us, I think, prove this. Joshua sends them away and he blesses them. They're blessed. He, he doesn't curse these tribes saying, you guys should have never asked for that land. It wasn't really what God wanted. There's, there's not a curse here for what they've done. There's a blessing. Go home. This is your land. God gave it to you. There's a blessing. There's a connection. Uh, another one, the spoil. He's sending home the spoil, very much clothing, much iron, whatever it is, all these different things, silver, gold, livestock, wealth, all these things. These are, these are things that all of Israel gained the plunder of their battles. And so they're sent home with part of this. There's a unity. We get some, they get some. It's all, it's not you guys don't get any of this. We don't like that you've chosen to live over there. Get on home. You're not part of us. So there again, some unity. And then in verse 9, the last part of verse 9 they return to their own land of which they had possessed themselves by command of the Lord through Moses. And I'm not saying I understand all the tribes here, eastern, western side, why, why over there, other than I think we see clearly God's command through Moses was dwell here. It's okay. They haven't done something wrong in this. It's a blessed endeavor. They, they remain connected, but as we're going to see next week, there's some challenges. And I think they're looking, looking forward, not in a good way, looking forward to the challenges of living across a river. 
One more thing here in this section, verse 8, about the spoil. Their faithfulness is rewarded in verse 8. They, they share in these riches very, with much wealth, much livestock, all these things. They share in the riches, the reward of following God's command. Joshua tells them, return with much wealth, all these things, many clothes. Now, here's where you go, okay, so what's the connection for the believer here? So obey God and you're going to be rich beyond your dreams, right? That's the prosperity gospel that infects our land. If you do this, send in your money and you're going to be, right? You're going to, it's going to send in your seed money and it'll come back to you. I don't, I don't think the lesson here is follow God and your riches will all increase. Those types of riches, but they will increase, not in the way we might think. Just listen to this from Psalm 19. I think there's, there's, there's many, there's places to go. Psalm 19, 7 through 11. Think about, okay, following the Lord, there's reward, there's riches. Y- yes, just, just listen. The law of the Lord is perfect. The law? It revives the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. You want what riches get? Maybe they're there for a time you're revived, for a time you're looked at as wise, or for a time you rejoice. These, the precepts, the commands of the Lord, in the keeping of them, the precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired, it says, are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Verse 11 says, Moreover, by them, by all these commands, the precepts, the law of the Lord, by them your servant is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. I don't think it's reward like we think. Maybe God... He chooses to bless, chooses to offer more. What we do with those, that can be a burden in itself, material-wise. There's greater reward, greater riches. Do you desire a revived soul? Something riches can't buy. A joyful heart, enlightened eyes. Something better than winning the lottery. Than draw near to God in His Word. Think of what Jesus says. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst, not for riches, but for righteousness. And there's reward. There's kingdom. There's inheritance in the kingdom of God. I think if we look for it in earthly terms, we're going to be disappointed. The reward is God himself, isn't it? And he's the reward. It's not, well, I'll do this if I get that reward. It's, Lord, I do this. And the reward, that's great. That's wonderful. But it comes as my eyes are focused on the king. And what do we do with those riches? I think we do with those riches. you hearing me the right way. Riches, the Lord. Rejoicing hearts, wisdom, enlightened eyes. What do we do with those? We share them with our brothers. We share them with one another. We bless others as we've been blessed. Monetarily, maybe, yeah. That's a way. We give our offering, those sorts of things. But what else? We share the word. Our brother, our sister who's struggling, 
Hey, I just read this this, this morning. Be encouraged with this. It's sharing the riches of what we have in the Lord. We share our hope in Christ. Let me bring all this back in again as we close. We think about this passage. Again, this is not a, it's not a hard passage to read, although 7 through 9, a little more challenging through there. We, we find a people faithful to God's commands, and they're also called, they're commanded to faithfulness in the home, where they're at. Again, easy to understand, challenging to do. I want to lastly look at a passage in Colossians. So if you'll turn to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3. I'm going to help you out. This is, and I, we'll just keep mentioning it here. Just keep going. Keep reading your Bibles through the years. If, if you've got the little orange sheet and you're making your way, or you say, oh, yeah, I forgot that this week again. Well, just pull it out. You're at Colossians 3 today. So we're going to help you out. We're going to read Colossians 3 as it speaks to this. So having served the Lord, having served, we've worshipped the Lord here, even in this place, together today, we've worshipped Him. What do we do? How can we continue this at home? What about our flesh when it takes over? I want to read, I want to read the, this chapter of Colossians and, and pray you're encouraged as we Read through this in light of this, this idea and think of who you are in Christ and living for Him. So here goes, Colossians 3. If then you, you, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died. You believe that? You've died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. If you're in Christ, you're not your own anymore. It's not a, I'll take this command. Maybe not this. This is a little hard. I'd rather not. If you're in Christ, your life is hidden. So, verse 5, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Put it to death. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them, but now, now what? Now you've died in Christ, right? You're you're something new. You must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and you've put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. You are a new creation if you're in Christ. And so now what? Verse 12, put on then. You got some new clothes to put on, some new garments. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. That's who you are. You're chosen, you're holy, you're beloved. So put on compassionate hearts. Put on kindness and humility and meekness and patience. Bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive 
And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Have we sung today? Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Now I'm going to continue because we get it stays practical here, heading home. So, 18, wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives. Do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Slaves, employees, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. There it is again. You're serving the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there's no partiality. Masters, treat your slaves justly. So employers, treat your slaves, treat your employees justly, fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. The spirit is willing. The flesh is weak, so we need. We need God's grace. The same grace that brought you to Christ, the gospel of grace, it says, though you've sinned, you have not wholly followed the Lord. You've not clung. You've not walked. You've not loved. Return, turn, repent, confess, and receive forgiveness, that restored relationship, because Jesus has. He's completely obeyed and followed. He's our justification. He is our righteousness. So lean on him. And then we need God's power. We have God's grace. We need God's power which he gives by his spirit who dwells where? Within. Whether we're here in this particular place, we're at home, we're at work, we're in the school, in the classroom, where it is, he dwells with us to guide us, sanctify, to convict, to lead us in paths of righteousness. So I hope today you've worshiped, you've praised the Lord. Hope we can look back in 10 years and go, wow, look back, look at God's, gracious hand through the days look at how he's led us he's he's done it all he's kept me and then let us not depend on what we've done yesterday or the year prior but go home in the power and grace of the lord to love him to cling to follow to walk in his ways no matter the situation blessed be your name whether it's sunshiny out or a cloudy day whether so-and-so is before me and I don't really like their attitude or they've been frustrating, all these things, Lord, work in me to cling to you, to love you, and to serve you where I'm at. Let me pray for you. Father, your gospel leads us to these things. We don't gain your favor, gain our pardon by these, but they're how we live out what we've been given. We're new creatures 
that old self did all those old things. That's not who we are. So I pray, Lord, we would live like who we are. And Lord, this is a prayer we've, I know we've prayed, I think, before. I've prayed from up here. Lord, we just pray. Again, we ask for this week before us, even just this very day. Tomorrow's going to take care of itself. And I pray we'll pray again tomorrow. But we pray for today, this Sunday, this October 13th. We who have worshipped you and sung and said you're worthy, we've said you're a good, good father, we've blessed your name, we're standing on promises, all these songs. Lord, may they not fade away as we head home today, as we go about our lives. Father, may we cling to you and love you by your power, by your grace, by your spirit working in us. We would ask in your name. You've been listening to Bethany Radio, a production of Bethany Bible Church in Leroy, Minnesota.